Welcome to the Female Insight Zone, a podcast dedicated to sharing insights from women who have made an indelible mark in business and the path they took to soar. Welcome to the Female Insight Zone. This is Mary Beth Kazmaski. Today I'm interviewing Jennifer Wilkoff. She is the founder and producer of Speak Up Women, which is a national conference designed to support women with understanding the importance and impact of speaking up. And she also is a best-selling author of a couple of books, and she's a coach, and I'm excited to speak with Jennifer today. So Jennifer, welcome to the Female Insight Zone. Thanks, Mary Beth. I'm so excited to be here with you today. Well, it is my pleasure to have you here. So you're the founder and producer of Speak Up Women. So talk about what that is. What kind of a conference is it? How long has it been going? Give us a little insight. The Speak Up Women conference is a project that I created, which is an annual conference held at the United Nations. And it is specifically designed to help women understand the importance and impact that we have when we speak up in our personal, professional, and philanthropic lives. It's really important for each of us to own that responsibility to speak up for the things that we want, things that we don't like or that make us feel uncomfortable, or things that we want to do, and maybe we don't have all the answers, but we actually need support. And one of the things that I really wanted to do with this conference was help women understand that you don't need permission from somebody else. You don't need to wait for somebody to ask you. You really need to get clear about what it is that you want and start asking people to help you get it. And I think that that's one of the most important skills that we seem to lose after we're infants and parents have cultivated this use your words idea to get us to speak. Somehow people start to shut up. And I really wanted to change that. The Speak Up Women Conference happens in the first week of March. It is fri- It is scheduled this coming year for Friday, March 3rd. And as I said, it's here in New York. And this will be the second year for the conference. Last year we had a fantastic initial event. Um, and we're really looking forward to announcing some of the speakers, some of the programming. Those announcements will be made in the next uh, six weeks or so. Excellent. So at your conference, did you have Laura Frederick speak? Yes, I did. Well, that's what I thought, because I remember seeing that. I didn't attend the conference, but I remember seeing that. And Laura, the reason I say that is because you mentioned asking, and she wrote the book called The Ask. And it is something that I I refer back to that podcast. I have people listen to that podcast because she's talking about specifically how we do that and that the goal is not just to uh, find you know ways to get results in your business or whatever, but the goal is to ask and ask and ask. And the more we ask, the more we're going to get and the more successful we're going to be as women. But not only Laura Frederick, I realized that just about every single woman that I talk to, I mean, and I interview some super successful women on this show, and they all mention that they had to get over this moment of asking and figuring out, listen, I'm people, I'm really great, but people aren't going to recognize it as soon as I want them to recognize it. So I'm going to have <laughs> to stand up. And so I, I love it. I absolutely love it. I love your conference. And um, I almost attended it last year because I saw Laura Frederick was speaking at it. Oh, I'm so glad. You know, last year uh, we had we had quite a turnout and quite a response uh, to this, and it's definitely needed because 
sadly, um, as I alluded to earlier, you know, when we're infants and our parents really want us to get to speak or maybe some of the uh, listeners in your audience are parents trying to get their own infants to speak, we've been taught to use this phraseology, which is use your words. And we're asking the child to stop pointing at things and actually use the appropriate words to ask for what they want. And sadly, what seems to happen is that as we get older, somebody tells us to shush or to speak more quietly or to stop speaking at all or to go in the other room. And many people, sadly, what happens for them is they really stop speaking altogether. They stop speaking for things that they need, things that they want. And this skill set is something that needs to be revived. It's not specifically about the workplace. It's really about every area of your life, with your partner, with your friends, with your colleagues, with your family. I mean, this is something where if you really want to build the life that you want to live, this is a skill set that you have to have because you have to be able to ask for it in all the different areas of your life. And I'll tell you, Mary Beth, I'm so excited about some of the things that are coming up at this year's conference. And without blowing any of the uh, surprises that we have, one of the things that we are going to be talking about is speaking up in health, which is an arena that's so important. You know, last year um, we had a variety of panels and speakers, and this year we're going to have the same type of experience. But one of the best things about the Speak Up Women Conference is that because it's predicated on speaking up, we have a Q&A in each session so that you have an opportunity to ask some questions of the panelists or of the speakers because that's what speaking up is all about. It's about asking questions, getting answers, and being able to move forward on the goals and dreams that you have. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I just think that it is wonderful what you're doing. And, you know, one of the things you just mentioned was about, you know, why we stop speaking up. And I always thought it was, especially once we get into, you know, you get into school, you get into business, and you ask for something and you get rejected or you have a fear that you will get rejected. So instead of going forth and taking and asking for what you want with that fear of possibly I might get rejected for what I say, I'd rather not even participate in that. So then the women and, and men too, but it seems to be very prevalent that women stop asking. So do you think that that's part of it? You didn't mention that in your comments. Yes, it is. You know, part of what happens to us is as we grow up, and it's very common, it's a global issue, you know, not necessarily culturally, but it's something that happens for us as we grow up. We find ourselves in these environments. You mentioned a couple, school or work environment, um, but it happens in other environments. It also happens domestically in some homes. It also happens um, in friendships where they are a little bit more conditional than perhaps we would like. And people ask us to be quiet and they ask us to play along or they ask, you know, and somewhere in the middle of all that, your goals and dreams that are bubbling up from inside and in some of your deepest heartfelt places get squashed or stifled because you're not asking, you're not speaking about them. 
and you're not speaking about them to the people in your world. And some people will tell me, well, I'm not sure I actually have permission to speak to anybody about them. Another thing that they say is, I'm not really sure how to ask. And others still tell me, you know, I think people will judge me or they'll make fun of me for the things that I'm talking about or asking about or speaking about. And I always tell them, you know, speaking up starts at a very early age and you have to fumble and bumble your way through it when you're a kid. It's the same thing when you're an adult. It doesn't change. You still have to fumble and bumble your way through it. Nobody gives you that permission but yourself. And the more you start talking about what it is that you want to talk to people about and your goals and dreams, the clearer you're going to become and the more they're going to be able to tell you, hey, I can help you with that or this is the way I can help you with that or these are the people that I know that may be able to talk to you about that. You know, that's how you actually start to move everything along to get to those goals and dreams that you said you wanted. And to me, I'm all about that. I mean, I, you know, if you get to know me, I live my dreams and I really do everything that I can in my world to help move my dreams and objectives along. And funny enough, and thank you for your kind introduction, Mary Beth, I end up impacting and affecting a lot of people in the process. People I never meet, people I never see. But people who write to me or they follow me on social media or they shout out to me and they say, hey, thanks, that really helped me today, you know. And so for me, I really forged this conference because I really want to create lots of people who are speaking up about the things that they care about so that they can move their worlds forward and inspire and help encourage the people in their lives that it's okay to speak up. You know, like I have a couple of friends that are currently fighting some pretty big battles with cancer. And so for me, I'm happy to tell people about activities that they're involved in or things that are going on because I want people to understand the severity of that decree when it comes to health. And being able to support someone like that and being able to respond when they speak up and say, hey, we need help because... I'm there in a heartbeat because they actually told me what they needed and wanted. And that's really how you get rallying around a particular care that you have, whether it's a cause, whether it's a, a relationship, or whether it's career-related. That's how it's done. And I really want to help people do that. Yeah, well, it's excellent. Just excellent work. When you talk about speaking up and asking for what you want, you hold your conference at the United Nations in New York. So talk about asking for what you want. How did you get that as your speaking site? <laughs> well, you know, there is no more perfect place um, to do something like this than at the United Nations, where hopefully uh, interculturally, Different uh, societies and countries are doing just that. And, of course, my uh, purview on that is, come on, let's all talk it out and get along. But, you know, one of the things that I find so interesting is that when someone in my world had suggested to me, you know, how would you feel about doing this conference at the United Nations? My initial response was, wow, what a great venue. <laughs> yep. That would be phenomenal, you know. and um, and suddenly I got to respond, which was so great, because um, 
one of the people on my team said, I'm actually connected in the UN through something that I do there and I contribute to and I can help us do this. And boom, it was like, there we went. I mean, it really literally went from a flicker and a spark to this huge raging, wow, we're going to really do this here. <laughs> and, um, you know, one of the things that's so fascinating to me and that I really love about this concept of speaking up is that, and I'm not exaggerating, magic really happens when you open your mouth. I used to say it in a different way. I used to say when you open your big mouth <laughs> <laughs> and you start talking to people and saying, hey, what if we could do this? You know, how would we do that? And, you know, all of a sudden people start throwing their contributions, I like to call it, into the pot. And before you know it, you have this incredible recipe for success that you didn't know that you would have before. But that is before you opened your big mouth and started talking about it. <laughs> and I've done that so many times in my life. And, you know, a great example of that is in my health. I'm a person who is diagnosed with Crohn's disease, which could be a very devastating decree health-wise for a lot of people. There are lots and lots of people affected by this. And, you know, after being diagnosed at age 11 and really suffering with this for 25 years, after having two surgeries, I got off every medication because of one of the doctors on my team. And I, and I have not been on another medication since, and that was 15 years ago. Wow. And so... You know, for me, I went around in my world after this doctor spoke to me in the ICU after my second surgery, and I literally addressed everybody. I addressed my family. I addressed my friends. I came out of the hospital and addressed uh, my main doctor that I was working with, and I said, this is the end. I am no longer anybody's guinea pig. I want to get off all these medications, and I'm going to do this myself. And I looked at my doctor, my primary doctor who works with me on this disease. I said, and you're going to help me. <laughs> <laughs> and literally six months after I, I, you know, sort of like Babe Ruth, you know, pointed to center field and said, I'm going to get off all this stuff. I was. And, you know, I had a lot of help and I had a lot of encouragement from the people who went on that journey with me. And um, I have people today who clip that out of my bio, like the two sentences in my bio and say, can you help my sister, mother, brother, friend with this? Because it's such, you know, a, it can be such a disastrous experience for someone. And to me, it was as simple as me saying, I'm not going to do this anymore. And I want all of us to put our heads together and figure out how do we get me to where I want to be, which is pharmaceutical free. And, you know, it's something where you can do this yourself. You know, I'll say this to your listeners. You can absolutely do this yourself in your life with anything that it is that you want. And I promise you, there are going to be people that are going to run to you and want to help you and do everything they can, whatever they can to help you. And I promise you, there are going to be people who are going to run as far away from you as they can with their hair on fire. <laughs> and it's both both of them are all good <laughs> oh my gosh well it's an amazing story because a lot of times when you have a diagnosis it's just that's what the diagnosis is and I, I've got an issue and I read every book about this particular health issue every single book that's out there about how people have 
really done what you're talking about doing, which is to getting off the medication and getting off the things that, you know, are, are just, we, we just want to be healthy and natural. That's what we want to be. So I just, <laughs> I think that's, um, I think that's wonderful. You should probably write a book about that too. Um, and I know you've actually, that's what my mom says. <laughs> yeah, and I know you've actually written a couple other books and I love the title of one of your books, Dating Your Money. Talk about what that means uh, or what that book is about. Thank you. That book, um, that was actually my very first book. And I had such a great experience with that book in every single way. Um, that book really touched the hearts and souls of not only me, but the team that worked on that book. And really, um, at the time that I wrote that book, I was a certified financial planner. And I was really committed to helping people that would come in to meet me have better conversations about their money. As a planner, I am not a mind reader, you know, and I wasn't then. And in my life, in my current profession today, I am not a mind reader. I have to elicit from the person that I'm speaking with what it is that they want and what it is that they have in place already to do that. And when I was a certified financial planner at that time, that was what I wanted to do is I wanted to write a book that really set people up for success to come in and meet with people like me so that I could do my job most effectively. And dating your money was really about how to build a long lasting relationship with your money in eight easy steps. It was one of the first books out in the financial arena that acknowledged that women specifically experienced emotional feelings about money. There was an entire chapter dedicated to that in the book. And it was a game changer for a lot of people because it came with a bookmark that actually had, it was like a thermometer and it had 30 different emotions on it from all the way up at the top and being elated and exhilarated to absolutely furious and anxious and everything in between. And it really helped in this case, women, but we actually uh, had information that a lot of men were reading it too. We almost actually came out with a blue book cover, um, sort of like you would use in high school, because we actually got stories of men who were reading this pink book, like inside their magazine or something. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but they loved it, and it was so practical. And what it really was about wasn't about stocks and bonds and all these financial tools. It was really about the basics of understanding your money, making time in your life to spend it with your finances and understand really where are you, what do you where do you want to go, what do you want to spend your money on, what do you want to save your money for, and how do you do that? And when something walks into your world, like an attractive butterfly, they say, hey, I want to buy this, or hey, I want to save for this, or hey, I really want to be able to do whatever, making time to actually sit with your finances for, you know, once a week for 45 minutes or something. It's like having a relationship, you know, a relationship has the basis of the word relate. You actually need more than one person in order to relate. <laughs> and so in this case, you know, it was really about relating to your money, really taking the time to understand it and making very thoughtful, well considered decisions about it so that it wasn't something, you know, I used to have people, Mary Beth, that would say to me, you know, my money and I haven't been talking for a really long time. And, <laughs> and I would chuckle and I would say, well, you know, maybe it's about time that you start having 
those interactions with your money on your terms and that you, you know, figure out, you know, when and how and what feels right to you. Is it something that's, you know, a digital device? Is it something that is on paper? You know, what is it that makes you most comfortable so you can actually interact with this very important part of your life? And the book came out at a time where there were people in the marketplace that were literally yelling at people about their money from the airwaves. And I was this very nice, friendly person who basically said, hey, don't you think it's time to start talking to your money and really understanding it better? And I actually had a framework that did not make people feel bad. It was really more about encouraging them to, hey, take the time to do this. In the end, it's going to help you get all the things that you want. And one of the other concepts in that book that was so popular at that time it's about teaching people to take a vacation from their money and giving them a chance to really divest themselves of that responsibility for 24 or 48 hours with the promise and commitment of coming back to it with a fresh perspective when they were done on their quote-unquote vacation. And it would help them basically release the burden, so to speak, that they may have felt of having to be responsible for this area in their life that for some may have been overwhelming. And by actually giving themselves permission to just take, you know, a day or two away from it with the promise of coming back with that attention also became another game changer for a lot of people. And they were able to come back much calmer, much clearer, and much more able to take the next step of interacting with their money instead of dealing all of those anxiety feelings or all of those anger or, you know, I'm not sure I'm qualified to do all those feelings that they were having. It really sort of reset those for them so that they could actually do something and act. And that was part of my goal with that particular chapter in that book. So overall, the book was wildly popular. It was the number one bestseller. It was my very first book. It shot to the top of the charts in two areas in women's finance and women's issues. And it really started this dialogue for a lot of people where they actually started to feel more confident in setting up this area in their life so they could actually work with it better. Well, very interesting. So how can people get your book? And I know you've got other books. And then also, how can people find out more about the Speak Up Women conference that you have coming up in March of 2017? Well, the conference information is easy to find at speakupwomen.com. That's speakupwomen.com. All of the social media sites for uh, Speak Up Women are right there, so it's really easy for you to click and follow. I would also encourage you to subscribe to our newsletter so that you can receive the announcements about the upcoming conference and announcements and other encouraging thoughts throughout the year. Um, as for uh, my books, I would encourage you to look at my latest book, which is called Boys Before Business, The Single Girl's Guide to Having It All, where me and my co-author really are committed to helping women build better businesses and better relationships so that you can actually personally and professionally build the relationships and the lives that you want. Part of um, my commitment really is to help make this world a better place and to move humankind forward. And it's very easy to find me under my name, Jennifer S. as in Sam, Wilcob, W-I-L-K-O-V, 
com. If you go to my website, you'll see all my social media. I'm everywhere you are, and I would love to connect with you. Well, that is wonderful, and you're very inspiring. Thank you very much for being part of the Female Insight Zone today. Thank you. I really appreciate talking with you, Mary Beth. I think this show and format is phenomenal, and I hope that your listeners not only listen to this show again, but they tune in to all of your broadcasts because I think it's a great idea for women to help and support other women. And one of the things that you do very well and so nicely on the show is speak up. Mm. Well, thank you so much. And from the Female Insight Zone, this is Mary Beth Kosmeski. Thanks for listening to the Female Insight Zone, a podcast dedicated to sharing insights from women who have made an indelible mark in business and the path they took to soar. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.